0: Pre-COVID, you would shift time zones for a physical event by getting on a plane and either depending on how much you slept on the plane or you didn't sleep on the plane and then you'd get off and I've got my strategies for getting over jet lag, right? You spend as much time in the sun as possible, et cetera. In COVID times, we've got virtual events and these virtual events, though, are still run on specific time zones. The
1: depth of vulnerable emotional connected conversations and experiences that I've had online over a Google Meet or a Zoom meeting have just been phenomenal.
0: The better question I should be asking myself is how do I create that same in-person quality time experience in my body through a digital medium? And I was kind of putting putting my hopes on VR will give it to me because there'll be more experience, but maybe it's just a, a shift in my thinking that needs to change. Hey, if you are tuning in for the very first time, this is Entrepreneurs Rising. And I am Carl Taylor, and I'm joined by my incredible co host, Peter Moriarty. And this podcast is all about entrepreneurs rising. Now, what does that mean? It's about rising the tide to lift all boats. Because both Pete and I have been in business since we were 15 years old. And there may be a few years difference between us, but we got interested in business at a very early age and we've stuck the course. And now in our early 30s, we have achieved a certain level of time freedom and a certain level of income freedom that frankly not all of our peers have, and many, many people still aspire to. And so this podcast is our chance to kind of give back, share some of our own experiences, the highs, the lows, some of the journey that got us here, as well as sharing about what's happening in just this phase of our life and where we're up to. And this episode is a little bit different. This was just me starting a conversation with Pete, telling him about an upcoming event that I'm about to attend, and it kind of got into the shifts that have happened because of COVID. And so if you're in the events industry, if you're a coach or you previously were an event planner, or you are still an event planner, we're talking or about- maybe you're a business person who travels a lot. Yeah, totally. Exactly. We're talking about virtual reality. We're talking about connecting online. Digital connection has become the norm, but is it the same for everyone? Do I experience the connection in the same way that Pete does? Well, if you want to know the answer to that, listen to this episode because we talk about our differences as well as our similarities in how we've experienced this digital connection world. And we we muse and kind of think about where the future might go. So this is a bit of a, a lighter episode where we're just kind of exploring some possibilities and sharing differences of opinion. I hope you really enjoy this episode. Let us know what you think at the end. Enjoy the show. I'm just about to start shifting into a time zone. Well, just like about to shift. This is the thing I'm finding interesting. Pre-COVID, you would shift time zones for a physical event by like getting on a plane and either depending on how much you slept on the plane or you didn't sleep on the plane. And then you'd get off and I've got my strategies for getting over jet lag, right? You spend as much time in the sun as possible, et cetera. In COVID times, we've got virtual events. And these virtual events, though, are still run on specific time zones. And so Liz and I are attending Tony Robbins Business Mastery First time I've ever done one of his business programs. I'm really curious to see what it's going to be like, but it's on US time. And so living and staying in Australia, in Sydney, we're shifting. Tonight is the night we are staying up all night to basically not sleep. There was a little snoozing that happened a little bit earlier today, but the plan is to stay up all night. We'll see how well it goes and then try and stay up all day because our new time zone to do this event is going to be the event starting. So not us waking up. Our event will start at 1 a.m. Sydney time and the event will end at 4 p.m. Sydney time. And that would be like 10 or 11 p.m. in US time. So then we're just going to get straight to sleep, try and get six hours or more, six, seven, eight hours. So you're basically going to crack yeah. out no dos. I don't know what we're, the plan is for tonight. We've got a few ideas of like, I went and got my rebounder uh, that had been at my parents' place. And so can try and get some jumping up and down. We've got some you know movies to watch, although that could be dangerous to fall asleep on. But it's, it's just so fascinating, right? We're moving into this world of, Still having some of those things like jet lag, but the difference is, right, I can't just go and do my normal strategy of I get off the plane in LA and I spend all day in the sun and I walk around like a zombie in the sun. That's what I used to do on the first day of getting off the plane. I would just walk around. I would be a complete zombie. My legs would be aching, but I would just be out until as late as I could till like 6 p.m. or so. Then I'd go to my hotel or Airbnb or wherever I was staying. And then I'd be like, okay, it's 6 p.m. I can have some dinner and then I can go to sleep. And that used to be my strategy and it worked perfectly. But in Sydney, when we're awake, for waking up, it's going to be daylight. It's going to be nighttime. There's not going to be any daylight. We don't have the environmental factors. So we've got to rely on other factors. So it's going to be an interesting experience. I don't know. I, like, aren't you lucky that you like your house
1: is super dark? So Totally. Uh, I totally like, that's to sleep, the thing. You could sleep.
0: We, you know, we've complained, not complained, that's the wrong word, but we, you know, we've been a little disappointed that this place, when I say we, it's probably more me, disappointed that the place is darker than I would like during the day. It doesn't get a lot of natural light. But the gift of it is for this experience of changing time zone, it's going to be great. We've got the lights on half the time anyway. So it'll be a really interesting experience. And I just wonder though, like, I don't know if you've, have you played around with VR much, Pete? Like I know, I think, you were talking of getting a VR unit. I have moment. VR for my
1: PlayStation for That's racing. Right.
0: Yeah. So I've got the Oculus Quest, not the Quest 2, not the new one, but I got the Oculus Quest and I got it just as kind of COVID was really in its peak and I was in a um isolation, 14-day quarantine thing self at home. So I went and bought the Quest and thought this is a way to feel like I can get outside. I'm really optimistic about where... VR technology is going to take us and I think COVID in particular is really everyone's jumping in online everyone's needing websites or at least landing pages and everyone's getting on to selling things online and I just really wonder like events like if they can solve the problem with VR the biggest here's the biggest problem with VR if you've been in it for too long the helmet gets heavy yeah right yeah the helmet gets heavy you're not blinking as much because you've got this screen right in front of your face. So you don't realize it at the time, but once you take it off, you're a bit like, oh, I haven't really been blinking. So if they can solve both of those challenges of like the weight, and it's subtle weight, it doesn't feel heavy, but after you've been wearing it for a few hours, your neck's starting to be a bit like, oh, like it's just no longer fun. If they can solve that, I can see travel for business purposes could become very minimal in the future mm. if they can truly solve that because zoom meetings are cool but a lot of people are getting zoom fatigue but imagine joining a zoom meeting in vr imagine just being go, i'm going to put on my headset I'm going to hang out and i know zuckerberg's been trying to paint this picture of this is what the future of vr is but they just haven't quite got us there the other thing that's really crappy in vr is keyboards
1: mm.
0: like they've gotten a lot better now you can see your hands in vr which is amazing you can actually see your hands you can see your fingers move But a lot of the apps don't do keyboards well. They make it really clunky. There's one app, I can't remember what it was now. It was a game, I think, which had like a little floating keyboard in the sky and that worked beautifully. So if they all just unified the keyboard approach or they just figure out how to get rid of keyboards, make it brain neural implants. I don't know. So
1: that's that's. I find it so fascinating. I mean, what I know having run IT Genius for about six years now completely remotely is you can get a lot done online. And, you know, previously I was flying over sometimes once a year, sometimes four or five or six times a year to the Philippines, where most of our team are based, and spending time together face to face. And yet the depth of vulnerable, emotional, connected conversations and experiences that I've had online over a Google meet or a Zoom meeting have just been phenomenal. And, you know, I've, had lovers on you know online long distance connections I've connected with family during COVID online and uh, you know connected with friends and had virtual games nights when not everyone could get together in the same physical space I moved to a different state three years ago and so a lot of my friends are still in a different city and so that's the way that I've used to connect and you know, Apple have been painting this beautiful picture of jumping on FaceTime and you know, it's just so easily and seeing someone on video. And I love the Facebook Messenger groups where my family will just like randomly dial the group and everyone just drops in. It's like, hey, what what are you doing right now? Just you know, chit-chatting and someone's having dinner and someone's driving home from work and someone's playing with the dog or someone's looking after the kids, whatever. And so it's very interesting. And what I was questioning this week was, huh, you know, what is human connection and what is intimacy? And I've recently been working through an amazing online course by Damien Bowler called The Fundamentals of Authentic Relating. And it's a series of practices around relating, some kind of like tantric type shamanic practices, some just, you know, deep active listening and embodiment practices. And the course students are all over the world. And so some are in Europe, some are in Australia, some are in the U.S., and in the practices of buddying up with different people in the course and practicing some of these authentic relating practices i've actually had deeper conversations than i've had with some friends that i've known for 20 years and the depth of connection and intimacy and you know vulnerability that's been shared over a video call is just absolutely astounding so i'm really curious in where that goes i've never been one to get on a plane Just to shake someone's hand but you know I'm also not really one for chit-chat relationships. Some who are in business are more in that basket. Scott my business partner slash general manager is a bit more in that basket. For him sit down have a beer with someone have a good chit-chat about things is you know how he'll get to know someone. With me I prefer to have a business conversation with them and read behind the lines. <laughs> I'm pretty perceptive. I just, I just tune into the, I just tune into the frequency and do a little bit of mind yeah, reading mind. and uh, yeah, yeah. maybe get their birthday and look up their astrology chart. No, I'm just kidding. But that's something that I might do. But yeah, I'm curious about that. And do you think that's a generational type thing, Carl? Because I find that like my dad doesn't get on a video call with me. He'll call or he'll text. He won't even do Messenger or WhatsApp. And he's in general pretty tech savvy. His way into his crypto, but he can't bring himself to get onto Messenger, I think because there's just too much chatter there. Whereas when I pick up the Mm. phone or I send him a text, he will read it and he will respond. So that's his way that he likes to communicate. You know, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, You know, is that something that different generations will lean into? Will there be commercial interests that will change the interests of, you know, if you think of the traditional executive in a larger business, you know, maybe a mid-market or a corporate business? who's done business in person for many, many, many years, is this something that will work for them?
0: Yeah, I think there's a number of things that play there. I don't think it's just a generational thing. I think that's a factor for sure. Like it's the reality of like people who grew up, I even see it in kids today. The kids who have grown up today with TikTok and stuff, like I'm sure they're out there, but I haven't seen a kid that doesn't seem to know how to dance. Whereas back in our day, you know, dancing was not cool. If you did dance classes, like you were seen as like a loser. Whereas now is everyone can dance. Why think of TikTok? They're all doing their funny dances and whatever they are on TikTok. And before that, whatever was before TikTok. Like, I think there are generational influences based on technology that we grow up with that do impact. Well, you know, I'm used to picking up the phone and calling text messaging is not as keen. Whereas my generation, you and me, Pete, you know, I'm far more likely to text someone than call. I'm not someone to pick up the phone and just call someone randomly. I can do it. I'm not opposed to doing it, but I would much rather get on live chat or send a text. And I think that's just a big part of the generation that had grew up with text messaging through school and, and things like that. I think there's a few things though, like it's really interesting hearing your experience of how connected you felt through Zoom. I wouldn't say I haven't experienced that. There is a definite experience that I have felt when I think about when I go to an event and meet people at an event or even when I've run my own events for the team to meet with them. And we haven't done a face-to-face with the team because we couldn't because of COVID for over a year. And we haven't tried to replace it. We were kind of hoping that COVID would go away and that hasn't happened. So we haven't really replaced it. And I do miss that connection. And I don't know, like there used to be something for me, there was a very much a part in my mind of physically meeting up, not connected, not on devices. It's a very switch off from digital and be connected that for me just creates one of my love languages quality time right and and so i think i've got an association a story in my mind that if i'm on a device even on a zoom call i'm not quite getting the same level of quality time as maybe i would if we were sitting in person that just seems to be how i take it so i loved hearing what you were getting because it makes me go okay i didn't need to question this belief that you know i'm missing this physical quality time like the better question I should be asking myself is how do I create that same in-person quality time experience in my body through a digital medium? And I was kind of putting putting my hopes on VR will give it to me because there'll be more experience, but maybe it's just a a shift in my thinking that needs to change. So there's that that also really played in what you were talking about. As for the C, I think we're going to see a huge, like the reality is businesses all around the world, you and I have been doing this for years, running virtual teams, working without an office you've had offices even still but like i've had no office for since i sold my it business back in 2011 and now we're seeing companies going well we didn't need we ran business and we didn't need to pay for business class flights to send you over there and we didn't need that hotel and we didn't need to go to that event i think it will shift though i think there's a hunger we've got to remember we're in australia where we've got a lot of still freedoms you know our version of lockdown we're not really in lockdown anymore in any of our states We've got a lot of freedom to walk around. It's very easy to forget about our friends over in the US and in Europe who are still very much in lockdown. They're experiencing not allowed to get together in groups, not allowed, some of them aren't still not allowed to get together at cafes. I think there's going to be a hunger for in-person events. I think that's going to happen. Like in the, a lot of my business clients are coaches and they're all getting online, right? But here's what happens is people are going to get sick of all these online courses. They're going to be like, oh, and so what's going to be different is, hey, we're running a live event. That'll be the difference to make you stand out from the competitor. And then it will shift and everyone will go back to doing lots of live events. And people are like, oh, I don't want the live events. Just give me the remote. So I think, yeah, I think we're going to start seeing really
1: the I really enjoy the remote events, like just not having to get dressed, not having to go anywhere, <laughs> the convenience of being able to switch off my video and just listen and lie down on the couch if I want. I love it.
0: See, so my problem is I don't attend virtual events. In my head, I don't link the same importance to a virtual event as I would in person because it is for me, it's very much a, I am switching off from all other things to be here in this moment with these people at an event. I'm going to trial that. I think I can do it with this upcoming Tony Robbins event that I'm, I started I'm about. very curious to
1: hear your reflections on it when, uh, when the event's yeah. done.
0: But if I think about all my other business events, like I'm part of a business mastermind, I've attended that far less since it's been all remote. Mm-hmm. I think about it as less importance. Whereas I loved, I would be a huge, really important thing to go to because I loved the human connection. It was less about the content. It was more about being in the energy of the room and being around these people that for whatever reason I don't seem to, I haven't been feeling like I received that through the virtual events. Mm-hmm. It just feels like oh I'm at my computer screen, I'm working. Whereas the interesting thing I'm reflecting on is with this Tony Robbins event, like we projected up because I'm doing it with my partner, we project it up on the wall with my projector. So we make it this big thing. It's going to be, you know, 1 a.m. in the morning. So we're not going to have music blasting. We're going to have noise cancelling headphones on, but we're sharing them. So we're both going to be immersed in this loud sound, even though no one around us will hear it. Maybe I need to look at doing that for all these virtual events. There's like set it up like an event that it's not just at my computer desk. I'm, mm. I'm actually experiencing it. And maybe that's if you're an event coordinator, here's something to think about. Your next virtual event, what if you sent out a pack when I bought my ticket to your event? You sent me the whole pack of here's how to set it up and have a whole home experience Obviously, that's hard when, you know, maybe they don't have the same room, space, kids. This is VR. This is what I'm telling you, VR, man. Like, just ship out VR units to everyone. And a friend of mine who did that, they thought VR would be great for their events. They shipped out VR units to all of their clients for the next mastermind. But they found that same problem. They could only, it was a gimmick. They kind of got into VR for about an hour or two and played around. And it was fun because they were techie people were his clients but they didn't find it was yet at a place where they could run the whole event inside this VR. So We
1: shall see. We'll have to do another VR episode to give you guys an update on how we're going. I think that's it for this one. Thank you so much to the listener for joining. Uh, We would love to know your comments. Drop us a line on any of our socials or head along to the website, rising.show, not .com. That's rising.show. And you get access to all the back catalog of episodes as well as to our social links if you want to get in touch with us there is contact options there as well and if you'd love to leave us a rating we would love that give us five stars if you think we're worth it otherwise give us an honest review and we are always thankful carl thanks so much for joining yet another episode man i love doing these with you thanks man great chat